Hi everyone, I'm Frank Rock, and welcome to the first episode of our Inside the Ring series, an insider's perspective from the Olympic curling competition in Pyeongchang. My co-host for Inside the Rings is 2018 Canadian Juniors finalist, Laurie St. George. Hi everyone, our guest for the Inside the Rings series is 2010 Olympic silver medalist and the alternate for Canada's women's curling team in Pyeongchang, Cheryl Bernard. Cheryl, you attended the Olympic opening ceremonies last Friday. How did it feel to walk into the stadium with all of the other members of the larger Team Canada? And how differently did you experience these opening ceremonies compared to the opening ceremonies in 2010 in Vancouver? So the opening ceremonies, having the uh, ability to attend them for a second time uh, and wear the maple leaf and walk out uh, onto that Olympic stage was just as thrilling uh, as it was the first time. But I think probably what was uh, better for me or, or different was to be able to watch those four girls for their first time to walk out there in the excitement and them seeing all the other athletes. It's uh, it's something you can never describe, and to see it through their eyes was just as much of a thrill for me as it was when I walked out for my first time in 2010, and just different, so it was wonderful. I'm sure that both the men's and women's team have been talking with Caitlin Laws and John Morris, as well as their coach. What have they been telling you about the ice conditions when the arena is full and about the atmosphere in the building during games? Uh, you know, we have been chatting back and forth, of course, because we are the bigger team. So we've been talking back and forth with uh, Jeff and Paul and Caitlin and John and, and seeing each other almost on a daily basis and, and sharing information about what we're seeing. If the ice changes, is there any shape to the ice that we should be aware about uh, we didn't talk about rocks because the rocks they use in the mixed doubles is different than we use in the uh, four-man uh, competition but we got a really good sense of how the ice changes uh, what the conditions are like what the crowd noise is like even in there uh, the best story is just anytime you're in there and Korea does anything uh, team Korea misses a shot or makes a shot the crowd goes crazy for Korea. So it's kind of cool that way, um, but something to be aware of when you're out there competing. The Canadian men's and women's teams will have been in Korea for almost a week before the start of your competitions. Have you been able to throw any rocks at all during that period? So we've been here, um, I guess the team went to Japan prior to the competition and we all met in the Seoul airport on the uh, 8th and uh, we got into the village the night of the 8th, which was awesome, and we all came in together, and that was really neat uh, to be able to check into the village and get our accreditation and and then get the tour of the village. And then the 9th, we had the day to tour around and uh, see everything and kind of get the lay of the land. It's a big village, and there's lots to see and do, and we... You know, of course, got our rooms in Canada House, and um, and then we had the opening ceremonies that night. So we haven't thrown rocks. Uh, we won't throw rocks until the 13th. So we get practice on, um, sorry, the 12th and the 13th are our practice days. We get two 25-minute sessions. The first 50-minute uh, block is the afternoon of the 12th, and then the second block is midday on the 13th. Now, Team Canada women have an unusual um, draw where they don't play the first draw. So we're going to uh, get some info from the men, get some intel from them on their first game, what it felt like. The extended team, their support staff, uh, that being myself and Renee and uh, Adam, we'll go watch a couple of the games as well, just that day, just so we have a good sense um, of what the ice is like. I think the girls may come and watch the afternoon game. But at this point, it's a lot about starting to kind of get into your team bubble. You're, you're starting to book rest time. You're starting to go from 
being kind of wide-eyed at being at the Olympics to we have a job to do here and you start to shut a lot of things down social media um, you know limit family time block out times where you can make sure you're resting it's kind of all about the optimal performance and that's the focus and the goal of this team and it's impressive to watch I, I um these are professional athletes and they know exactly what they need to perform. Does the larger Team Canada work as a team in preparation for the start of the men's and women's competitions? Are you exchanging notes on rocks perhaps, even on how the ice might be reacting during mixed doubles? You know, the one great thing you talk about the larger team, it's very uh, awesome that we now work with the men's Olympic team and their whole support staff. So we do talk about rocks. We share information at night. Scott Pfeiffer will send information when they play a game um, and what they found in the rocks. We will also do the same, you know, coming back uh, if we find any rocks, uh, tendencies in the sheet of ice. Kind of at the end of a day, there will be debrief meetings with the support staff to say, was there anything you guys saw that we didn't see and vice versa? So it, it is really about um, the bigger team here. And I'm talking now the bigger men and women's curling team combined as a whole and it's a really cool experience that way because you never tend to get that ever at any other event. So what is your main role as the alternate prior to the start of the Olympic competition? Are you focused on tracking and matching rocks during practice for the team or are you mostly focused on using your experience from 2010 to help Team Holman prepare for the start of the Olympic competition? You know my main role really so far has just been to, to try to integrate myself with the team, um, understand what they need. You know, I, I look at it this way. I try to think back to what I needed, and I'm trying to anticipate the things they may need or what they might like to hear before they do. And so that's, that's kind of exciting, and that is really my role. I'll be out in their uh, pregame practices, um, helping to match rocks, uh, giving my opinion on what the ice might look like, if I see any tendencies, uh, just any information that will give these ladies you know an upper hand when they get out there and and it's kind of nice as a skip I, I I'm used to reading the ice and the lines and the sight lines so it's pretty easy for me to be able to uh, relay that information back and make sure we're giving them everything that they need. Canada has had a good start to the games winning several medals including Caitlin and John in mixed doubles is the energy palpable amongst your team and amongst the larger team Canada at the Athletes Village? Oh, it's been, uh, you know, you talk about Canada having a good start at these games, and uh, it's been great. And I just John and Caitlin, I think they've really kicked it off with their performance so far. Um, we're going to all go cheer them on uh, in the gold medal game, which is going to be so exciting. And, you know, I, I think it's just you get that feel. We're in two big buildings for uh, Team Canada here. I think we have 225 athletes, and then you've got support staff uh, And we have two buildings that we kind of take over, but you see each other every day. You see the bobsleigh, you see the uh, the hockey team, and everybody is so supportive and cheering each other on. And it's a it's a new feeling, I think, for anybody that's never been to an Olympics because normally it's kind of you're all about your team, but there's so much more to the team. And the only thing with that is you have to be careful of the highs and the lows. Uh, you know, you're cheering players on. You're going to the hockey games. Um, Uh, we went to figure skating, we went to the hockey, those things though, that they, they build you up, but then you've got to watch kind of that crashing of coming down. So we're really now starting to wind everything down. We've, we've experienced everything you can. Um, we haven't missed out on anything. None of us feels that way. And now it's kind of time to wind it down and start doing what we came here to do. You've obviously been through an Olympic competition before. What are going to be some of the keys in the first couple of draws to make sure that Team Holman can get off to a solid start? 
you know, for me and for the support team, that's going to be really about making sure they're comfortable with the rocks they get. Uh, We've got our routines in place that everything is seamless, that there's no hiccups uh, with transportation. There's a lot of uncontrollables at an Olympic. Perfect example is there was a a bus took uh, the curling mixed doubles teams a couple days ago for one of their draws and the bus driver got lost. So they actually, it's a 15-minute drive from the Olympic Village to the uh, curling venue and he ended up being on the road for 50 minutes, 5-0. And it rattled a lot of players. Uh, the bus was hot. Uh, people were getting anxious because they're now coming up to game time and they're nowhere near the venue. So those are the things that happen in an Olympics that you really have to kind of be able to understand that it's not within your control and you have to prepare for it. Uh, headphones to stop uh, hearing kind of all that outside noise. We've got great support staff. They've got Kyle Paquette here. They have Adam Kingsbury as far as kind of working with the team on the mental side of the game and just how we react to it. More of the, you know, been there, done that, we'll be okay. So I think the key for for us to get them prepared and off to a good start is try to plan for any of the issues that might come up and mitigate them. Um, make sure that that team goes in there comfortable and they can look around. They know what their schedule is every day. They know exactly what's expected of them. And that's what they can control. The rest of it we'll have to deal with, but that's an Olympic Games, and that's why it's so thrilling. And finally, Cheryl, the moment that Team Holman has been dreaming about since they came together as a team is just about here. How ready is Team Holman for that moment? You know, I've kind of watched this team over the last few days, and I know for sure we were not as ready as this team is. They know exactly what they need to do. Uh, They're in control. They know when, uh, you know, enjoying the Olympics goes from that to we're ready to do our job out here. And I think they've really soaked it all in. They've done a really good job of balancing where they've, you know, spent a little family time. But their number one priority is their team and each other. That's who they're responsible to and getting their best performance here at these games. And they know exactly how to go about do it, to do it. This is a professional team that has, um, they've been rehearsing this for four years. And you can tell. It's uh, very obvious. Uh, I'm continually impressed with the level of professionalism. And, and they hold each other responsible for all the things that they've agreed that they need to do to play at their optimal level. So... Are they uh, ready? Absolutely. Is it still thrilling for them and something they've dreamt about all their life? Yes. So you see both sides of it. But I'm happy to see that. I I would be afraid if I didn't see them thrilled and over the moon to be here. They, you, you want to see that that energy and and that excitement. But I also know watching them, they know how to dial it back and do what they need to do. So it's pretty exciting for me to watch. That does it for the first episode of Inside the Rings. I'm Loris and George, and this is From the Hack.